103.7. Our travel guide, Sally Lucas, is still crossing the country and she joins us for another Talking Travel on the Road. Good afternoon, Sally. Whereabouts do we find you on this big trip of yours? Okay, Mark. Well, you, I left you last week in Esperance and um, well, I didn't leave you there. I started no, we left you there. there. <laughs> <laughs> you left me there um, and I'd only just arrived. So today I'm going to talk about Esperance and then bits and pieces leaving Esperance and heading across to Albany and all the things you can do on the way. So, yeah, it's, um, I've got a lot to talk about today. <laughs> all right, so look, we start in Esperance, um, and can you give us the vibe of the town, the region, some of the things that you've found there, Sally? Well, Esperance is quite a remarkable place, and because it's so far, I guess, east away from Perth and away from that uh, western coast, not everyone gets to go there, you know what I mean, because it's so out of the way and it's a long way to get to it. And even people who cross the Nullarbor might continue through Kalgoorlie and don't duck down to Esperance. But it's a very special part of the world because the bays it has, the colour of the water, the sand is different to anywhere else in Australia. It packs hard, but it's like white silica or quartz. So it is so stunning with the, with the blue of the water that you the turquoise and the white of the sand, it's just breathtaking. So what I did this time, which I have done before, because I have been to Westminster before, but it's probably about eight years ago, but you go out to Cape Le Grand National Park, which is about 50 kilometres out of Esperance itself. But it is just the most beautiful, that's where all the, a lot of the beauty is. And you've got all these bays there. You've got Lucky Bay, which is, which Matthew Flinders named because they were having problems, um, you know, trying to land a vessel and storms and so on. And he, they fell upon this bay and he considered it so lucky that he called it Lucky Bay. And I'm learning so much more about Matthew Flinders on this trip. He, he just spent so much time in this area and, and his researchers, botanists, etc. you know, spent a lot of time here. So I'm going to have to read up on him when I get home and grab a, grab a book on Matthew Flinders. But anyway, Lucky Bay, there's another bay called Rossiter Bay, Hellfire Bay, which is absolutely gorgeous and perfect for swimming. This will go Crow Cove, rather, and Cape Le Grand Beach itself. It's also got a peak called Frenchman's Peak, and I, my interpretation and it looks like there's a beret sitting on top of it. Now, whether that's why it was called Frenchman's Peak, I don't know. You can do a climb up that. It's pretty steep. It's, I didn't do it. It's beyond my capabilities. But it's about a two-hour um, return trip if you want to climb, uh, climb Frenchman's Peak. So that is something fantastic to do. And it, it just you can spend all day out there, but you certainly need at least half a day. It's 50-odd k's each way. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, that's a little bit... How, how often, so do you find that when you go to an area, and I know you're in the Esperance area, so it's Matthew Flinders, but you go to an area and you find yourself so interested in some of the people that really made their name and are so connected with the region that you're travelling through? Exactly. And a lot of the French were here. Like We could have easily been French rather than English settling us. You know, so many of the bays and everything all around this part of Australia and even South Australia or Tasmania have got French names. And so what we did even the next day, we went to the Recherche, which is a French word archipelago. So the French were very, you know, um, important in what they, their discoveries were down here as well. So this is a wonderful archipelago, again, that's out of Esperance. It's a three-and-a-half-hour cruise you can do. It takes you out all around these wonderful islands, and you get to see, I guess, your wildlife, of course, your sea lions, your Cape Barren geese, 
sea eagles and they carry some fish on board and throw it. You watch the sea eagles come swooping in to catch the fish, which is just wonderful. And then they've got lots of lovely bays again in and around Esperance itself, one called Blue Haven Bay, which is just stunning for snorkeling and swimming. Having said that, the water's still a bit too chilly for me, Mark. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, you have to go back there once we get over the summer break. On the road to Albany now. We are, and it's Albany. <laughs> it's just funny, it's Albury, but it's Albany. Who knows? That's the English language for you, isn't it? You never know what to say, Fremantle or Fremantle. True, true. It's all funny. But anyway, we yes, we're on the way to Albany, and we did a detour to visit Prema Bay. A lot of what we're doing is adding a lot of Ks to our trip, like it was about a 160K detour to do that. But Prema Bay, again, was just absolutely magnificent. And there's another beach there called Short Beach, which, which is a short beach, but a beautiful swimming beach again. So that was a really, really long day. You know, we cover, Each day we're doing at least five to six hours driving, um, and we've done over 7,000 K to date. So it's it's been an amazing journey so far. Uh, but when you get to Albany, it is famous, of course, or had been in the past for the whaling, of course. There was so much whaling done all around Australia, but certainly in Western Australia, there was a heck of a lot of whaling done. And I know you mightn't like to do it, but the, the whaling centre that you can go and visit is still worth a visit. Even I'm against what happened back then, it's, but it's history, you know what I mean? So we've just got to deal with that. So they've turned the old whaling station into a museum. They've turned some of the big oil containers that they filled all the oil from the whale have been converted, cleaned, obviously, and converted into theatres. You get a 3D image of uh, whaling and all sorts of interesting things and what happened back then, which was horrible, we all know. Whaling was stopped in Australia in 1963 for all humpbacks anywhere. But in uh, Shane Bay, which is just out of Albany, where this was the last whaling station to operate in Australia, they were still allowed to hunt sperm whales. But eventually, off the continental shelf, but that eventually was stopped in 1978, and that was the end of it, November 78. No more whaling at all in Australia. Thank God for that, we all say. And it's look at the wonderful creatures now, and you just think, heavens, you know, we, we did that and the world did that. So that's a very, you could spend ages there because not only have they got the whaling station museum, they've also adjacent to that, which is included in your entry. There's a beautiful um, natural national park where then you can, you know, go in, particularly for, I guess, for um, international travels, you're getting to see some of our, you know, natural animals, natural vegetation. They've got like 400 different species of plants in there, even white kangaroos you know, all sorts of animals that are natural to Australia. So that is certainly worthwhile. They've also got large art galleries there, photographic exhibitions, a whole room with a display of shells. Um, so it is it just, again, you could spend a whole day there if, if you, you had the time to do that. So you, it's, I think it's a must, and you just learn a lot about it. It was a very good presentation. Um, and sorry, when I say the main garden, it wasn't 400 plants, it was over 8,000 plants chosen to represent the unique biodiversity of the southwest region of, um, you know, Western Australia. So the animals you would see would be wombats, possums, birds, snakes, lizards, as I said, the rare white kangaroo, bandicoots, flying foxes, betongs, potteries and more. And en route to that, we visited the Gap and the Natural Bridge, which I guess you look at the Great Ocean Road and we all used to wonder at the apostles, a lot of which are now fallen and we don't have as many. But this is a natural bridge that's been formed by erosion and it is so spectacular that eventually one day, I guess, erosion will cause it to collapse. 
and adjacent to that is this huge gap, which is 25 metres sheer drop to the ocean. Oh, my God. Yeah, don't fall down that one. No, they've built a walkway out now, which has only been very recently done before, you know, they have had people come to um, grief. And nearby to that, you've got blowholes, but also you've got a beach, way for it called Misery Beach. But it was so called as it was a bloodbath, because after the whales were killed, they were held, held in there till they were then taken by smaller vessels to the whaling station, so it was just full of blood. So that just, it just sounds horrible, doesn't it? Mm. Believe it or not, in 2022, it won the best beach in Australia. There you go. So quite a, a contrast, I mean, from the past of the area through to some of the natural wonders that we go and have a look at in the uh, in the region there today, Sally. Oh, look, it is. It's Our history is amazing, and then once you keep travelling across our country, you keep discovering and discovering new things about our past, about our present, and what we're doing to sustain the future. So it, it's been a wonderful journey. We've been four weeks on the road now, and we're, we're nearly getting to Perth. We're not far off. It's a couple of days away now, and we'll be there. But um, it's, it's been fantastic, and once you leave Albany, there's so much to see again along the way, and I might t- talk more about that in the next segment, Mark, because I don't have a lot of hot deals and I'd rather just continue with what we've seen (laughs) along the way. In other words, you're on holidays, let's still enjoy the holiday, right, Sally? Absolutely. (laughs) Sally, I know once you leave us today, you've still got a few more weeks of it to go and we'll hear about that when you come back, but I know you want to squeeze a little bit more in of WA today before you go. I certainly do, Mark. Um, So we're leaving Albany now. And once you leave Albany, you go past a town called Denmark. And there's this wonderful area where you see a pool called Green's Pool. And it's protected with these huge, incredible boulders and rocks around it. And again, it's it's turquoise blue, almost green. You know, if you can try and imagine that colour. Scott went for a swim. I didn't. He reckoned it was getting warmer now. It's about 16 degrees. Yeah, right. Um, (laughs) Anyway, it's just the most stunning area, and there's a place called Elephant Rock, which we had been to before, but sadly this time the trail to that had been closed due to them doing renovations on the trail. But once that's finished, please include Elephant Rock. It's adjacent to Green's Pool. Again, it's a spectacular rock formation on a stunning, you know, uh, coastal location. So after that, we went on to the giant treetops canopy walk, which is just past Walpole. At the highest point, this walk is 40 metres high. Scott is scared of heights, and when you move on these cantilevered treetop walks, they they waver. They oh wow! So it, you, you feel a little bit disoriented, um, and the trees are still towering above you. Can you imagine that? Some of these trees are seventy meters high. Yeah, that's that's a very tall timber. That's for sure. Yeah, just trying to imagine. They're called tingle trees. And they only grow over in this part of the world, and um, some of them are over 400 years old, which is just remarkable. So you can do that walk, and then once you get off the canopy treetop walk, you can do what they call the Ancient Empire Ground Walk, where you just go to see the buttresses in the bottom and, and just all this magnificent scenery. And the wildflowers, Mark, all along from South Australia to here are prolific. And so I've just posted so many photographs of wildflowers on Instagram, it's not funny. But they are just being stunning. And we all know Western Australia is famous for its wildflowers. So that has been just a joy and a photographer's joy as well. So there's a lot to see along the way. Um, you know, do allow time. And even though you look at your kilometres and send it might say, oh, it's a 400 kilometre, four hour journey. By the time you add in your little side trips, your stops, your coffee breaks and lunch, 
you know, you, it really ends up being a six or seven hour day. At yeah, the end of the day. But, but having said that, you do see by the sounds some really cool stuff along the way. Obviously, do the research first and make sure you know where all the good stuff is. And you, like okay. Sally, could have a, a trip and a half on your hands. Absolutely, Mark. And obviously, I'll be talking all about Augusta, where I am now, the Margaret River region, etc. when I get home. So that'll be just something you can just put in your logbook for when I come back for the first weekend of November. All right, we'll put a pin in that. A couple of quick hot deals before we let you go, Sally. <laughs> Yes, a couple of quick ones. Uh, these are for 2024 with lots of savings on a range of tours that Trafalgar has. They've got a 10-day Czech Republic, Austria and Hungary. That's a lovely part of the world of Europe. Four countries, five different locations. Um, it's got a 4.6 star rating and you're saving just under $300 per person if you're getting quick. These are what they call weekly sales and they do change every week. Um, highlights of France and Barcelona, another 10-day location. Uh, 10-day rather journey visiting 13 locations, three countries, France, as I said, Spain, and of course you touch into the French Riviera as well. Um, you've got Wonders of Britain and Ireland with savings again on that one, with lots of savings, 12 days, 19 locations in that one, so you did a wonderful tour of Britain and Ireland, including the Ring of Kerry and, and Dublin as well. Um, Best of Turkey, that's another one they've got. 14 days, 18 locations throughout Turkey. Fantastic savings on that one. And even uh, Essence of South Africa, savings of up to nearly, nearly just under $2,000 on a 10-day trip between Cape Town and Joburg. Splendors of Japan, it's a 13-day itinerary with savings up to just under $1,400 in nine locations at Japan, tour from Tokyo to Osaka via Hiroshima. And even close to home, we've got Taste of South Africa. Of Southern Australia, which is just where I've been. A lovely 11-day tour from Sydney to Adelaide, covering beautiful itinerary there all throughout South Australia, which is quite stunning as well. So, yeah, there's a few there just to keep you going. And that's it, Mark. Yeah, just a couple there. Sally, I know you won't be with us for the next few weeks, so enjoy the far end of South Australia and Perth, and we look forward to hearing from you upon your return later in the year for more Talking Travel. Enjoy the holiday. Thanks a lot, Mark. Lovely talking to you all again. And, um, yes, listeners, I can't wait to come home and share some more of my journey. Yeah, can't wait, but but not too quick. Enjoy the rest of us, Sally. Slow down and have a couple of weeks break. I will, I will. Okay. There she is, our travel guide, Sally Lucas, on location and on the road for a talking travel this week. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.